Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on Five Reasons YouTube an hour before every Heat game, before floor, as soon as the game ends. Post up 5R plus plenty of other Heat, Dolphins, Hurricanes, MLS, MMA. We've got all that content there, and you can subscribe, of course, for free. You can also check out everything for free on FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out, F-I-V-E, ReasonSports.com. Get the latest from Brady Hawk and others. Brady will be back with us later in the week. We was at the game today. You can catch his tweets from the post-game press conference at Brady Hawk 305. Also, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I know some of you are upset at us about this, but we're going through with it. We're going to have like a mini watch party, a mini watch party, not a full-fledged one. We're having one for Dolphin Saints. Uh, This is a huge game for the Miami Dolphins, obviously. If they win out... Essentially, now they are in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, we may ruin it. But come out to City Cigar Lounge. It's in downtown Miami. It's a great location. They got 350-plus scotches, bourbons, whiskeys, and tequila. So drink with us if they lose to Ian Book. They've also got more than 50 brands of premium cigars and large, comfortable leather chairs, a great food menu, happy hour, and game specials. They got plenty of specials for you tomorrow night. So we're going to have a small crew out there. Come hang out with us. Smoke a cigar. uh, Drink some whiskey, some tequila. And again, uh, see if the Dolphins can continue their winning streak. So it's City Cigar Lounge that's in downtown Miami. Make sure you check it out on Monday night. There's no heat game. Got nothing else to do. And now, tonight's episode. Down uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor and back from FTX Arena. I took my daughter today, so uh, I watched, but I didn't study quite the way that I usually do, which means that we're going to project ahead a little bit today. Um, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Lito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And uh, our floor plan is we're going to look at some of the unique combinations that Eric Spolster has had no choice but to use during this stretch in what, in my, in my view, is a top three in the league coach of the year season. I know J.B. Bickerstaff just got the extension deserved in Cleveland. We'll see if that's sustained. And obviously, you know, you've got Steve Kerr uh, doing a great job and, uh, you know, out in, and Monty Williams out in, out in the West. Um, I don't think Frank Vogel is going to be in contention, but I, you know, <laughs> but Eric Spolster's done a terrific job, but basically what he's had to do, he's had to mix and match every night. It's just like, just give me nine players. I can use any nine players. So like today, T- Kyle Lowry goes out cause he's in the protocols. PJ Tucker worked on the court before the, <coughs> the game, but wasn't ready to go. 
Markeith Morris, I'm not supposed to say anything because he got angry at me on Twitter, but he was back out there again, draining 50-foot shots and seemed absolutely fine, but didn't play. Jimmy Butler returned today, and Caleb Morton returned. So they had two more pieces and then didn't uh, didn't use Akpala, but used Haslam. So again, more combinations against what, let's just acknowledge, a G League team and Robin Lopez on the other side and Gary Harris. Okay, they didn't play a whole lot today, but they won the game. But more unique combinations. So like, for instance, Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler playing the four and the five for a stretch. Like, is Caleb Martin, is that something you can go to? Like as a backup stretch four when Bam Adebayo comes back? Uh, you know, you take a look, obviously, more of Struess and Robinson playing together, more of Struess and Hero playing together before he got he was kicked out of the game. There are all these combinations, Greg. And so we're going to look at these. And I know there are some Heat fans who were concerned. And they're like, they went from not thinking they had enough players. And, and we were somewhat guilty of that. I was somewhat guilty of saying the depth wasn't good enough. To now it's like Jeff Trilly, you know, one of our friends on Twitter is like, I feel bad for the young guys when the vet com vets come back. And my point is, you're never going to have 100% of your players this year at any point, whether it's COVID injuries or whatever. But it does give Spolstra more options. So, Greg, I'll go to you. Of all the unique combinations that he's used or the unique kind of position placement of a particular player, what what are you most excited to see when everybody is back? Or most everybody is back? That, that's a loaded question. Um, I So there's a couple different things. One, I am really interested to see uh, how Spo integrates Max and Caleb when he has a full cast of characters because I feel like those guys have been inning they've been eating innings in places where there's other guys that are slotted to do some of those things and i just think it's going to be a super interesting chess match there i mean i guess even gabe to some to some degree behind kyle will also get squeezed if you're thinking about it in those terms but this is the beautiful thing and you alluded to it like you need guys this was this is the whole concern with this roster was we kept saying just get to the playoffs. Right. But like you had to get to the playoffs and you had to be in a relatively good seed. You needed guys that you didn't know you could count on to step up. And literally there hasn't been anybody that has fallen flat on their face. Even Casey Akpala, when given a little bit extended minutes, he produced enough for them to get a couple victories here and there. Udonis has been better. So I would say that the number one thing though, truthfully to me, and this is probably like counterintuitive because Max has been the most exciting and Omer, obviously when you have a big man that maybe just is a double, double machine waiting to happen, that can be intriguing. It's Gabe for me, like ultimately to have another guy that you can count on defensively, but also that can at least get them organized enough to run any level of offense is something that they were missing behind Gorin at times. And now they definitely are not missing it behind Kyle. And we, and we were worried about that. So to me, I think the development of Gabe Vincent may be the most important part of all this. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that. Cause I didn't think you were going to go there. I, I thought you might go with Caleb. Um, Cause we talked about how there wasn't really a true backup for Jimmy on this roster. Like Mac, Max Struess was kind of slotted in as that, but he's really more of Duncan Robinson's backup from a stylistic perspective. He's, he's not as much Jimmy's back, but I know he does some things different than Duncan. We've cataloged these here on the show, but uh, it's really Caleb who does some of those Jimmy things. We really haven't seen them play together. Like I, I was thinking about it today when they were getting those minutes at the four and the five, like, I, I mean, how many minutes have they actually played together this season? It can't be very much. Right. Alex, I'll go to you. Um, what, what jumps out, out to you? What, what, what is, I guess, most promising to you? And then what is, 
something you think we could see when they have more of a complement of players? Man, you, uh, like Leif said, that's a loaded question. Like, I think it's really hard to, to, to pick stuff here. But uh, I think I agree with Leif that, number one, Gabe is the most impressive out of everything we've seen. Even though it's a lot of positives, I feel the best about Gabe's development just because we've seen, like, not that he was a, a bad player or anything like that last season, but who he was last season to who he is right now, it's a pretty huge jump. That's, that's what I'm going to say, right? Like, he's an all-around player. We've known that he could defend. And even though that he's kind of small, he's, he, he makes up for it for just how aggressive he defends without uh, fouling. I think, uh, like Leif talked about there, he's pretty good at getting guys organized. He's good at uh, setting guys up in the pick and roll now. He just looks a lot more confident getting into his shot. So I feel like he's got a lot of different ways that he can contribute now. And it's not all about the spot-up shot. And also you know, the catch and shoot is working out for him too. So I just feel like even when that part might uh, come down a bit sometimes, even though I do think of him as a shooter, he's got all this other stuff he can bring to the team now. It's always a good thing to have more guys that you feel good about as ball handlers. But then as a team, it's like we talked about uh, before the show, I feel good about all three of them when it comes to Struess, Caleb Martin, and Gabe. Like, I just think they're all good players, right? You guys already alluded to KZ, right? He's he he didn't play today, but when he has been out there the past few games, he, he's not a detriment to the team. He looks pretty good. He looks energetic, even confident. They just kind of turned him into this like handoff big, the way they use him instead of uh, keeping him planted in the corner. I think it's just got him a little bit uh, more activated. And then you see you're out there. Just he had, I think, probably the best game of his career today. Not that the Magic are a great opponent, but he looks good, man. Like he's just been a rebounding machine every time every time that he plays and. We know he's got a soft touch, and it's just kind of about putting everything together. I think he's gotten better as a role man. So it's just like everybody is standing out at the same time. But uh, I think Gabe is the, the number one standout. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you guys go with Gabe because, uh, you know, before the year, I think uh, – The gap you, isn't big, though. But, but Greg, I felt like sure. you didn't um, – you weren't comfortable with Gabe. I, no. I felt like in the beginning of the season. And and, and I, I felt I was a little bit more. I think we all were with Max. I, I don't think anybody kind of knew what we had with Caleb. Brady and I sort of identified it at that first scrimmage. Like, wow, this looks like a back of the rotation player, which at the time seemed pretty damn good. And now, you know, he had 28 the last time he played. He had 17 tonight. And I was saying before we came on that, like, it took him a while. Like, I felt like he was rusty, and he ended up the game 7 of 11. Yeah. Uh, and he had a block. And, and I guess let, let's focus on Caleb here for a second because I, I want to – we'll pivot back to Gabe. And then I, after the break, I have a question because I, I, just a big-picture question about this as a developmental season for the Heat where it kind of fits uh, because I, I think you can start to make a case. This may be their best development season they've ever actually had, which is a pretty high bar here. But – I think the thing with Caleb that is so promising is his comf confidence in the jumper. Because I, if, if he develops that, he is able to guard up. We've seen that. He's not afraid of guarding bigger players. He was handling the ball today a lot, bringing the ball up the floor. And we know they needed another ball handler without Lowry. And the hero kind of took some of that today, which I thought – I thought Tyler played fine before the ejection, but I thought Tyler was trying too hard to be Kyle today. Um, mm -hmm. He did have the eight assists, but there were times I, I, he passed on shots. Minutes. He takes. Yeah, but he can't, he couldn't even hit heads. It hit as he couldn't even get himself. He couldn't get any kind of a rhythm. Like yeah. Tyler is a rhythm offensive player and felt again, like he was overthinking today. He didn't play badly, but it felt like he was overthinking. And of course there's the Duncan issue, which 
I swear four of those shots were in and out just eight, but they were in and out, Greg. I, I mean, I know you're pointing out, but they're, they're in and it's out. Just... And, and the, and the crowd is like the crowd, like, you know, cause I don't know crowd. Well, they're not helping, but I'll say this, that they, they were the biggest ovation of the night. Okay. More than any of the dunks was when Duncan made that first three, because I think the crowd understands how important that is. They sense it. They're educated. I mean, Heat fans are a lot more educated than people give them credit for. Okay. I mean, again, I sat in the stands today in the lower bowl and listened to fans around, you know, and they were all, you know, they all also took the heat minus eight and a half. So they, they were glad that Orlando sat on it at the end of the game, but I, I, it's just, it's, it's interesting to me with the Duncan thing, because it, it does feel like Heat fans are kind of, they're frustrated with him, but they want to will him to success because they, they kind of feel like maybe he, they can help him get out of his own head. But back to Caleb for a second. See, I think that's one of the things we've seen that is sustainable when when everybody's back. Because I can see scenarios when Bam is back, when you're playing against a smaller team. And you size down. Where you size down. And I think you could play Caleb next to Bam, and that gives you switchability and athleticism. They're all interchangeable. All interchangeable. And, And I think that that may be one of the things, as much as I liked what I saw from Morris, it would not stun me if Caleb eats into some of the Morris minutes, even when Morris is healthy. And we have seen Markeith has lost minutes in the postseason before just because you can get a little smaller, a little quicker. So I think that is one of the things that, that we can look at. Um, I want to go to one of the others, though, the Gabe thing, because Lowry's out now, so Gabe's going to start. But, Alex, we saw Gabe and Kyle playing together, and there was a comfort level there. Like, I feel like that is sustainable going forward, which is also – we didn't think that was a combination we're going to see much of, but it does have a Van Vliet quality to it with the way that Gabe is playing right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, look, I I was wrong about that. Like, you, you've been saying that for a while there, uh, and I, I just feel like you look at them visually and maybe it's a little small and that's kind of why it bothers me, but it works out. Like they have good chemistry together. Gabe is, like I said, he's taking a leap out there as a ball handler. So it really works together. And I, I just think he looks a lot more poised out there, even, even though he isn't, uh, you know, Lowry level point guard, he, he's doing a lot of playmaking out there when he's on the floor, whether he's playing with Lowry or, or, or someone or someone else. So I just think like that combination has definitely worked. I think he can work well with other guys too. So I just think you can kind of plug him into whatever lineup you want to there. You feel great about him in, in, in any of these types of different lineups you're throwing out there, I think. And look, I think the same thing with Caleb, right? Like, I think as long as you have shooting in, in other positions as well, like, but they pretty much always do at this point. So that's not even much of a worry to me, but I think Caleb is everything he's done is sustainable. You could throw him into a lot of these lineups because he's so good defensively, so active with the hands and like, He's getting these big scoring nights for you without even like doing it on ball most of the time. He, he's doing it as a cutter. He's doing it sometimes where like the they run their play. He catches the ball in the corner and he just gets a guy with, with that little crossover, gets the baseline drive. Like he does it in a lot of different ways without like having being a high usage player. So I'm just really interested to see how they use that going forward. And I feel like Spo knows what he has. And what he has is a whole lot of different things he can go to. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that Caleb at the four stuff is more of like a, okay, it's like a matchup dependent type of thing. You know, another team goes really small. He throws that out there, but we could probably see that again. Yeah, no, like Caleb has the athleticism. I don't think we all realized the team needed so badly. And, uh, and when you see him, when you see him play with this team. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You say, whoa, okay, that's that bounce that maybe not everyone has that maybe we didn't realize that they needed. A couple things today that I thought were really um, uh, good to see uh, is that without Kyle to keep down to 13 turnovers, like I think that that's really relevant that like another, uh, you know, hat tip to Gabe for that. And then just overall, and we talked about Yurt early and, um, and I, and I, and Caleb has a part in this with the energy that he brings and stuff like that. The offensive rebounding advantage 20 to eight today, like that's the kind of stuff. Usually when you, when the heat shoot 29% from three, they lose like there are our friend, John Jablanca, I think is how you say his name brought up that stat. When they shoot below the league average, they generally lose at all of those games. So to, to get the win today against Orlando, um, I just think that that it, it was it's a good sign considering no Kyle, considering no Bam. All right, we're gonna talk uh, a little bit more about the bigs and also some sort of generalities here and how to put this into perspective. Before we perspective, before we do, I'll tell you about a couple of sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Prizepicks.com. Use that code five. That's daily fantasy. That's where you want to go for it. Of course, you can play the Dolphins-Saints game if you want. I would be playing Jalen Waddle over tomorrow night. I feel like Tua's got his security blanket back. So go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5 FIV. Of course, you can do it on all the NBA games as well. Make sure you deposit, too. You can't play if you don't deposit, uh, and they will match your initial deposits. You may want to deposit a little bit more and just play a little bit as you go. Uh, also, I want to tell you about another of our sponsors, therapistpreferred.com. That's for premium CBD. Get 25% off. Use the code 5RSN, 5RSN for 20% off. And for all of your grooming products, cologne, deodorant, all that good stuff. And they even send you some free stuff occasionally you're not even expecting. Go to manscaped.com, manscaped.com. Use the code there as well, 5RSN. So prize picks, use the code 5FIVE. And for Manscaped, the therapist preferred, use the code 5RSN. I, I want to, you mentioned the offensive rebound, and we didn't talk a ton about your today. And, and I feel like we should, because this is another of these, you know, opportunities that's been created by absences. Um, and, you know, Akpala has gotten some of these minutes, as you mentioned, but Akpala didn't play today. He went with Haslam and he went with Yurt as a starter. Again, you're not going to have C. Deadman for a couple of weeks. There's still no Bam. Tucker's coming back. Morris is coming back. You would figure with Bam, Tucker, Morris, Deadman, that Yurt goes back to being your fifth big. Um, and Haslam goes to being your sixth big. And Akpala is your seventh big, I guess. But... When you see the shooting touch, when you see the, the ball finding a guy consistently and the mistakes seem to be fewer of late, I can see, Greg, a scenario where Heat fans are going to be saying, why don't we see Bam next to Yurt? Why don't we go bigger on occasion when Tucker is out? Whereas I may be pushing more of the Caleb agenda here to play smaller because that seems like a Spo thing. Could we see Omer with Bam? Could we see Omer a little bit more with Deadman? Although that seems a little clunkier to me. Could you see Omer with Tucker, maybe even with Morris? I mean, could we just see Omer? I guess that's the question. Yeah, no, it, it's a good question because you talk about all these seasoned vets that have won championships. You know, like even Keith, you know, was on that that roster, and um, and Deadman obviously uh, is is a veteran. I think that. 
that there's a spot, there's a path for Omer to getting minutes. Um, I don't know that it would be late in the playoffs this year, unless something really drastic changed injury wise. But I, I ultimately, like if we're talking about like looking at this more macro level, him next to Bam is what they absolutely need to try because if his shooting touch from the edges and then his ability to also rebound and stuff like that, like there's certain matchups I can think about like what Milwaukee can trot out there or, um, you know, there's, or even what they faced uh, against LA in the 2020 finals, like they could have used a player like that, that can stretch the floor just enough, but still be, um, productive with the rebounds and stuff like that and not just come up empty on the stat sheet. So I really think that they have something there. I think that they were really smart to scoop him up when they did and just get him in the program. He's nothing, he's not, nothing's going to happen, but every summer he's going to come back and look bigger and stronger and, uh, and he's got the skill level. So I, I think that it may not be a this year thing, and I can understand why Heat fans want to see that accelerated as, as fast as possible. But you're watching these guys blossom and it takes a year. Like for Gabe, we saw it. Even Max, to some degree, it took a year for them to actually be for counted Duncan. upon and come through. Yeah, for Duncan, too. I mean, Duncan yeah, exactly. was, got, got so. a taste of it the first season and then not the second. Uh, so of all the combinations, uh, let, let me ask you this, uh, Alex. If Omer was to get minutes, who do you like him best next to in the front court? That's tough, but I think I might go uh, PJ or Markeith, actually. I mean, I haven't seen Markeith with him. That's like a more like I wouldn't mind seeing him next to Markeith. I wouldn't mind seeing him next to Bam. I kind of don't want to see him next to Devin. I think you're, you're toying a little bit too much with the, the slow bigs there, unless you're going to go with some sort of zone. Maybe that would be fun having <laughs> those guys there. But I just think Omer is one of those guys who, if that jumper is real, maybe he is somebody who – you can kind of throw into that category I was talking about before where like you can plug him into a lot of different types of lineups. That's the thing with him though. And specifically with, with me, when I think about Omer is I'm a little bit skeptical on that jumper. Not that he can't shoot it, but for him to work with Bam, I'm, I'm thinking about the Myers, the Kelly uh, role and what they played. And those guys were shooters. Like e even though I was always uh, higher, I think most of us were higher on Kelly than Myers at the time. Both of those guys are just good three-point shooters. I don't think Omer has showed it yet. I think like what he does in the mid-range is cool. I feel like he can hit an open three as a set shot, but I'm not there yet. I'm putting him next to Bam a, a lot of minutes, but absolutely try it out. Like I just think him getting this, this uh, playing time now, it's only happening because of the situation they're in. Same thing with UD, obviously, but Omer is taking advantage and I we knew that he could play because of the way that he was standing out at summer league in his first year and the, obviously because he scooped him up pretty early like Leif said so it's good to see him get accelerated now but I just don't know how much more he's gonna play because of how many guys they have so it just depends on who's actually gonna stay out uh, but the thing is Bam's not gonna be back, back for like another month or, or so so he's he's gonna be in there for a while yeah, it's such a weird place that we're in right now where we're talking about like having to shelve guys instead of the concern at the start of the season, which was oh, yeah, like, they have enough. And I, I can tell you, if you check out our way in the next couple of days, uh, you'll see a T-shirt to that effect. All right, I got one question for these two guys. So I want you to think about it, all right? Is this their best developmental season? Don't answer it yet, okay? Just you're going to have a minute here. Think back to previous heat seasons, and obviously they've developed a ton of players. I'll go through a list when I when we come back from the break. But is this their best developmental season yet? 
Before we do, though, you want to develop, right? Your body, go to Intense Nutrition, okay? That's where you got to go. It's in Coral Springs, 2540 North University Drive in Coral Springs. We're close to where the Panthers currently train. Phone number is 954-775-0257, 954-775-0527. This is where you go if the three-letter chain isn't doing it for you because they don't work with you directly. They will an intense nutrition. They can get you the intense cleanse and detox. You can lose 10 to 15 pounds in 10 days. It's the new year. You want a resolution? That's a good one. Also, they can get you the specific stacks for whatever it is you're looking for, whether you're aging, you're a budding athlete, you just want to fight cold and flu season, and you know that other thing that's going around. Go out to Intense Nutrition, um, and they can also work with you on your pre- and post-workout regimens. Okay, they got superior quality, superior service. The Facebook page or the Instagram page are both Intense Nutrition, so check them out there. And also, they'll give you 20% off everything but protein if you mention five reasons. It's pretty much everything in the store. 20% off everything but protein in the store. So go to Intense Nutrition. Again, the phone number, and it's in Coral Springs, 954-775-0257. All right. I'm going to just top my head here. Ted, I'm going to give you a list of players that the Miami Heat have developed. Okay. Rodney Magruder. I, these are all different years. Ike Austin, Udonis Taslam, Duncan Robinson, Mike James, Anthony Carter, uh, Bruce Bowen, um, uh, Malik Allen. Uh, <laughs> I'm going well, back further. Deshaun Leonard. Okay. Uh, Leif, did you jump in with a couple that I missed here? Um, let's think through this. Josh Richardson was a second round pick. So that's mm -hmm. a developmental prospect. I would say Udonis Haslam needs to be considered on this Got list. Him already. As, He's as, okay. One. Sorry. Jo jo Joel Anthony. Joel Anthony is a great one. Anthony Extras. Carter is a great one. If you mm -hmm. didn't say Anthony Carter, he had a long career. Um, let's think through here. Hold on. We'll come up with more. Um, Rasul Butler, uh, was, was okay for a little bit there. Um, RIP. Did you guys say Quran? Well, Quran, Quran was, first was a first-round round pick. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't exactly. take credit there. Wait, Hassan, still... Hassan Whiteside, Tyler John. I'm sorry, we got to mention. Thank you. Hassan. Thank you. No, you're Hassan, good. Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson. Right, that's another one. I mean, so is there an about... age thing here? By the way, like I was trying to think about that. What do you mean an age thing? Like, it's like really like if, if if we found you off the scrap heap or your second round pick and you became a contributing player, you're on this list. Is okay. essentially okay. like okay. where so we're trying to catalog it. And I know where Ethan's going here. And like, this is the beauty of this list. You can, you can like put a couple of these guys together season over season and say, okay, like they got uh, Josh and this other guy at the same year that they were developing them. But I know where you're going, Ethan. And I can't think of a season where they had this many guys like Duncan. Duncan was a an outlier. I mean, who else was on that team that went to the finals that you would consider a developmental that, guy? That was really it. Derek Jones Jr. I guess Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah I guess he would scrappy player. Although he didn't really contribute in the postseason, Duncan would be the primary one there. Um, but on this roster, and again, you go okay if you go back to the the Hardaway Zoe years, it was Vashon was a, a, a discarded second round pick, and yeah. Anthony. Carter was the primary one. And, and for all the talk about AC's contract and everything, he, he won him a playoff series as a starter. Okay. Yeah. Against Detroit. Detroit. He's a very productive yeah. player for them. Okay. Who earned that contract to be honest? Yes, Alex. I'm confused why we can't include first round picks here. We, we, we just finished watching games against the magic, the Pistons, all these teams. No, have all but, these no, first but that's round not picks. the point. Though. To your that, point, that, like, yeah. like just to address that quickly, 
the ability to take a Bam or a Tyler and not make them the customary end of the lottery pick that just is a semi-starter and actually make them as good as they are. Like not make them. I don't want to say that because it's the player who's driving that, but you know, be able to accelerate that I think needs to be recognized, but where Ethan's going is mining the gems. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's the acorns as our old friend, Jeff Ireland with the dolphins used to say, I don't usually quote Jeff Ireland, but it's, I think Alex, what you're getting at it, that's taking a player with more and more raw material and, and developing them into a, you know, a borderline star type player, which again, with what they've done with Bam and Tyler, where they have one all-star already, and perhaps a second at the back end of the lottery is tremendous work. Okay, it's better work than most teams do in the top five. But I think, again, what we're getting at is the guy that nobody really was thinking of. I mean, we're, we're talking about the, not just the Robinson on this team, but the Max Struess, the Gabe Vincent. I mean, the guys who, who typically might have had to go overseas, okay, uh, before the, he got there. I mean, Udonis Haslam did go overseas, okay, for a year. He's here 20 years later, and he's giving them eight and five. And we need to do an entire podcast about why the hell he was not playing last year, because I still don't get it. I'm, I'm completely confused as I'm watching him in person. He belongs- we need to have him on to talk about it. I, oh, no, I'll get him on to talk about it. I, 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 we need to get Eric on to talk about it. That's who we need to get on to talk about it. I, actually, I've got, a, I've got a pot idea with UD, which I've actually I've sent him a message on. I'm waiting on an answer. I want, I want to have him on, and I want, to, I want to go over every teammate he's had in his career and the first thing that jumps to his mind. He's had like 200 teammates. That would be so much team. fun. Uh, just, just, that's it. Just name a guy and just, just, that's it. Okay. You know, you have to Cedric. No, he wouldn't play with Cedric Zabala. So it would be for him, but any, any, any player came out after, but again, back to the point you're talking about on this team, you're talking about Gabe. I mean, I'm going to consider Caleb. He literally yes. just threw down oh my on the gosh, street. Yes. Right. Like, as a two way. Uh-huh. So you're talking about Gabe. You're talking about Caleb. You're talking about Max, all three of these guys. While you're, still, you're, 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 while you still have Duncan, and Udonis, who were two of those projects on the roster. Tyler and Bam both getting better this season. Like yeah, I and think Tyler right. on a rookie contract just to pile right. on. I think it's their best developmental work. And I, I think if, if that's the case, then um, of all the things you give Eric Spolster credit for, the number one thing, and I remember this conversation with him a couple of years after the big three, was he said, we're going to become more of a developmental organization. And this was really his work yes greg the one thing that i just want to say that um this developmental work does is it awards them the ability to look at a first round draft pick and say to themselves can we reproduce what we would get the value we would get from this future first round pick via the way that this developmental farm system is now working and that becomes that much more uh like they're inclined to include those in trades. So continue yeah. to watch for those first round picks to fly when available. Well, I mean, why would you need them? And, and for, for the heat executive who listens to this pod, if you're listening to this all the way to the end, okay. We will give you credit for developing players during the big three era. Cause I always get that comments because they did develop a couple of players, right? Mario Chalmers to the degree that he contributed to championships was a developmental player. Norris Cole drafted at the end of the Michael first Beasley. Round. Okay, we're going to end on that. That was not the big three era, Alex. So we'll give them credit for that. We'll give them credit for that. They traded Michael Beasley a month after they signed LeBron, so I think it counts. Uh, I guess it does. Bees, well, we want to bring Bees back. By the way, one other thing we want to say here. I lost my train of thought. Uh, Rio, trying to make a comeback. You want to call up. Come on five on the floor. We'll bring you on. 
Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.